Turn it up. Get ready. You're tuned in to VO Buzz Weekly. Weekly. The show where aspiring voice actors, established VO pros, and curious fans alike get to meet and learn from the mega successful talent in voiceover. Hear their personal stories. Find out how they became so successful. Learn their secrets and join them at the top. Yo soy Chuck Duran. Welcome to an awesome new episode of Vio Buzz Weekly. That's right. Y para todos los que hablan español, we have a very good uh, treat for you today. Claro que sí. Oh my oh. goodness, she's good. Christian Lance is on the show today. Bilingual voiceovers, English, Spanish. His story is phenomenal. You guys are going to die. It's so good. Vámonos. Vámonos. You guys, our guest is a bilingual voice actor and on-camera talent who you hear and see all the time in the general and Hispanic markets. He does promos, commercials, trailers, video games, animation, and live announce. His story is amazing. We have so much to talk about, so we are going to get buzzed with the super suave and super talented Christian Lance. Yeah, Christian Lance. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. So happy you're here. <laughs> Pleasure to, to, to see you here again. Absolutely. and. Uh, and it's so cool, man, because I, I, I tell people all the time that you guys, you're busy. Yes, yes. absolutely. It's, um, you know, especially for colleagues of mine, and myself included, who, who do this sort of uh, bilingual and, and, and cross-cultural, cross-market yeah. uh, voiceover, because mm-hmm. uh, the Hispanic market right now is, is tremendous. It's huge. Yeah, you were um, saying that, exactly. You know, we're, we're talking about, by the year 2030, uh, it's something, something like 56 million Hispanics uh, are going to be living in the U.S., mm. and... Um, What's important about that is that is that Hispanics are extremely uh, enthusiastic mm-hmm. about about media, mm-hmm. about television, about radio, about uh, movies specifically. Um, I was actually just reading a, a report on uh, on the rap, and the uh, National Association of Theater Owners just named Hispanics the most important demographic uh, for them, for the industry, for the movie mm-hmm. industry. It's it's the wow. numbers they were quoting were um, uh, pretty incredible. For example, the uh, for the general population, yeah. uh, people generally go to the movies about 6.8 times per year. Mm-hmm. Um, for Hispanics, that actually that number jumps up to every eight. week. No, yeah, right, every week. <laughs> they go every, every week. week. Every <laughs> Six times a week. No, it, it jumps up to 8.7 per year mm-hmm. um, on average. It doesn't mean they leave seven tenths of the way into the movie. It just means on average. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. That would be a weird statistic. But uh, where it gets really interesting is that when you talk about Hispanics that also watch Spanish language media, we're yeah. talking mm-hmm. Telemundo, uh, uh, Univision, etc. That number jumps to 9.5. Mm-hmm. So the number one demographic of people that see movies that actually go to the movie theaters and put paying butts in movie theater seats yeah. mm-hmm. are Hispanics that watch Spanish language media. Mm-hmm. So what does this mean? Where do we need to be focusing our uh, efforts to promote movies and to promote the film industry? Hispanic media. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a tremendous market. And movie studios are, are realizing this now. They've yeah. been realizing this for years now. And we've been pushing hard into that into that uh, mm-hmm. side of things. And you know, I remember maybe five years ago, six years ago, everybody was, everybody was saying the movie industry is dead. 
Yeah. It's done. It's gone. The home theaters have killed it. This morning, I just saw a, uh, a, uh, a headline. Universal Studios just broke the international box office record of all time. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, we're, mm -hmm. Movie industry's thriving. Yeah. Is it because we're marketing to Hispanics? Maybe not. Yeah. Is it hurting? No. No. <laughs> yeah. no. So it's, I think people are realizing this, and it's, and it's a tremendous market, not just in the movie industry, but commercially, promos. Um, you oh, know, yeah. we're marketing cross cross cultural TV shows. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. you see uh, English language soaps being produced by by uh, Hispanic uh, production companies, mm -hmm. and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the crossover market is where it's at right now. It's it's being called the new general market. Yeah, pretty and, much. Yeah. And the yeah. great news about all of this is that you do all of the work. Correct. Like, it's yeah. just it's, you, and that's it. Well, that's it. You're the guy. He <laughs> does it guy. all. Yeah, so let's they don't uh, hire anybody else. We'd like to introduce you to the Hispanic let's market. Go. Yes, this is a Hispanic yes, market. Yes, there's, there's no one else out there at all. He even does female voices. <laughs> yes, of course. No, no, it's you know there, there, there are quite a few of us that do it, and it's and it's uh, and it's a uh, it's a tremendous opportunity for anybody who is bicultural uh, and, and bilingual. Mm -hmm. um, it's a it's a fantastic tool to have. I tell people who have children who. Um, you know, sometimes they are in a, uh, a, a bicultural or, or a, a household, and you know, one of them speaks Spanish and one yeah. of them doesn't. Mm. Teach it to your kids. Yes. It's such a great tool. Oh, and oh, they absolutely. learn it yeah. so you have fast. To you have to. You have to. Yeah. It's, it's a tremendous tool. Yeah. Cultivate it if you have it. Yeah. Um, make sure that you uh, that you don't lose it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, it's so. It's, it's the way so let me it. ask you this, man, because you're, you're you're I mean, obviously you're a super busy guy, and that's fantastic and all that, but. I would like to know why somebody like you, now I know that we asked you to come be on the show, but in your mind, why do you want to be here in a show talking to all those people from around the world? Why, what, what makes you want to give that time? I think the most important thing for me is uh, I never thought I would be here, and, and not in a sense of, of having the privilege and the opportunity to, to be with you guys. I didn't think I'd be in this industry right. to begin with. I came from a completely different world. I came, I moved to the U.S. Uh, and became a citizen back, well, I became a citizen back in 2003. I moved to, the, to, to Los Angeles in 2004 to, to live here permanently. Yeah. Uh, I was an architect. I was working as an architect. I was not an actor in the least. I was wow. not in voiceover. I was not on camera. I was an architect. That's all I did. Yeah. Um, and it was always, the entertainment industry was always something that w was a passion of mine. Yeah. But I never thought I had the talent for it. I never thought I would have the opportunities to, to be involved in it. Yeah. Um, and clearly that was not true. <laughs> and and, it, and it's something that I kind of discovered along the way, yeah. and I fell into it, and I worked you know my butt off, and it was a, a struggle, but it worked out. Yeah. But my point is that you, you know, if if ever there's anything that you're passionate about and you're interested in. Mm -hmm. um, and you just think, oh, but that could never happen to me. You're here to bring. It's not yeah. true. It's not true. <laughs> he's, he's here to disprove that. <laughs> I'm here to call you a liar. You can chase your dreams. No, it's, um, it's that's yeah. fantastic, man. Yeah. Go so, <laughs> Señor Lance. Sí, señor. Por favor. Dígame, licenciado. Um, can you share with us, man? Take us back to the beginning, yeah. okay? In Mexico, and and <clears throat> and how you you found your way into the United States and all mm -hmm. that good stuff. Take us back. And, and, uh -huh. and how you got into voiceover yes, as well. Yes, I, I, I was born in a small village. Talking like this? Yes, talking yes. like this. And I had a long flowing beard and I, my best friend was a donkey. No, it's not true. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was born in Mexico City. Uh, my father's from Guadalajara. 
my mother's from Chile, so we are actually fully Hispanic, yeah. uh, South American and Mexican. I was born in Mexico City. Um, we actually lived there through kind of my early childhood. And right around the, the age when I started kindergarten, my, my family moved to the U.S., uh, to Los Angeles specifically. Uh, and uh, I was, you know, I was, I was very young. My parents spoke English to varying degrees. My mother uh, a little more so than my father. My father learned to speak English very late in life. He was in his 30s. So he kind of struggled with it. Yeah. And, and he has, to, you know, to, to this day, struggles with some of the phonetics and concepts of it, but has a tremendous vocabulary, and he's an ex extraordinarily mm -hmm. um, um, intelligent man when he communicates in, in, in English. But, but it, it was a struggle. Sure. So during that time, uh, I think partially because of that, you, I think for, for children of immigrants, you kind of uh, psychologically, even if it's not necessarily conscious, I think you take on sort of the role of a spokesman mm -hmm. for your family mm -hmm. because you realize that something kind of is amiss. You know, you realize my parents don't sound like everybody else. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they may have trouble communicating. So for me, not speaking any English and growing up and going to school, uh, I sort of had to hit the ground running and learn English very, very quickly. The way I did that uh, was through television. And you learned you learned English through television. Through television, watching tele watching cartoons, listening to the voice actors, listening to the uh, commercial announcers, radio announcers. That's how I thought everybody spoke. <laughs> so, so you talk yeah, like so this. So I talk a lot. like this. Excuse me, teacher. May I go to the restroom, please? So it was, you know, it was uh, it, that, without even knowing it, without even realizing it. Now, don't you wish you had learned English in the real conversational phase? Yes, the phase? conversational. Had I known. <laughs> that today we would be doing the real conversational <laughs> or the disaffected mumble core, uh, I would have liked to, to learn uh, that. No, but uh, it, yes, truly, when, you know, when, I, when I learned English, that's, I was paying attention to television and to radio more so than any other child of, of my age because I was watching it differently. I wasn't just being entertained. Right. I was learning and I was soaking it in. So I think without, that was kind of the root of, of where this whole journey started, I think, because without even realizing it, without even being conscious of it, I was training for it. Mm. You know, I was getting yeah. The, yeah. the, you know, I was get, I was honing my ear for that, that cadence, that tone, that, that delivery. Uh, and so that's, uh, you know, that's how I learned to, 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 to speak English. Uh, and I think that's, that's how it all started. But then, my life went in a different direction. We lived here. I lived here from the age of, uh, until I was from from the age of you know kind of the, the kindergarten age through uh, high school. I graduated high school here, and then I, as we all do, kind of went through that transition period of mm -hmm. like discovering who you are. And I kind of was like, well, am I? I'm obviously Hispanic. Am I? You know what? It was kind of like where do I belong, sort right, of thing. Right. So I actually moved back to Mexico City. I, at first, I traveled South America, and I went to Chile and Argentina and. Costa Rica, and um, and then I ended up in Mexico City again, and uh, and I went to college there, and I lived there for another ten years. Mm -hmm. uh, went to college, went to architecture school, worked as an architect there, um, and that was just a direction that I, like I, ha I had said, you know, the, the, I was always fascinated as a child with the entertainment industry. With, you know, Disney was just the biggest thing to me. Disney mm -hmm. cartoons, Disneyland, Disney Imagineering. That was that world was just fantastic to yeah. me and, and I always wanted to be a part of it but I never realized that I could be uh, nor did I know how to be a part of that 
So I went in a different direction, which was architecture, which I love, and I, it was very uh, rewarding to me. Uh, but that's just, that's just the direction I went into. Yeah. So um, at some point, um, I decided to, to come, come back to the U.S., and I did that in, in 2004, and I came back here with a firm, and I was working with, with an architecture firm. Uh, and through kind of a stroke of complete and utter serendipity, I ended up at a party that was... A lot of things happen at parties. A lot of things happen at parties. Parties. Crazy he things. Was at a party. I was at a party. I was partying he somewhat was at a hard. A party. A party. A firm party. Or as we say, fiesta. No. So, <laughs> so we were it was at a party that was thrown by a friend of a friend. They didn't really know the guy, but uh, he happened to be a producer. There were a lot of producers at the party, a lot of actors at the party, of which I was not one. Mm. But I was there and I was enjoying the free food and having some drinks. And I met a director, a commercial director who was at the party, who assumed that I was an actor because I was there. Mm -hmm. Look at that face. And look at that face. This guy is an actor. So I, <laughs> I, I was too embarrassed to tell him otherwise. So he, he was talking about the business yeah. and I was like, yeah, mm -hmm, sure, yeah, mm -hmm. whatever. I got a headshot. Yeah, I got a headshot, sure. And uh, so he said, hey, we're doing a casting next week for this commercial. Would you like to come and you should audition for it. Again, I was too embarrassed to say you've been talking to an architect for the past 45 <laughs> minutes. So I said, yeah, sure, man, give I'd me I'd love call. to build your house, but right, uh, right. yeah. Um, anyway, he, you know, he, he had, we had, we exchanged contact information, but I never thought anything would come from it. Mm -hmm. Long story short, next week I'm driving to, you know, Trader Joe's or something and I uh, get the phone call from him and he says, hey, remember we're having these auditions that I told you about in Santa Monica, um, if you're close. I was going to say Santa Monica? Yeah. Santa Monica, yeah. exactly. At three o'clock. Uh, at three o'clock. Yeah, Do you know what? It really was. <laughs> course, I'm not even kidding. So when you're done, you're going to try to leave right. Santa Monica, right. which right. is oh so yeah. fun. Yeah. Yes. And I actually <laughs> happened to be in the area. I was I was in uh, kind of close to the marina. And, uh, and I thought it would be hilarious to go because yeah. I thought it would be just a great, experience to have, to have no clue what I was doing, walk in and just, you know, call my parents and be like, you'll, you'll never guess what I did today. I went yeah. to an audition and it was right. hilarious. So I went, uh, <laughs> I auditioned, literally had no idea what I was doing. I literally walked in and they said, have you checked your sides? And I kid you not, I did this. Oh. And they, I, oh, yeah, they, was, and they laughed. They laughed. They laughed, and they're like, "Oh, that's hilarious." He's witty, right? Yeah, such a natural witty charm. Yes, yes. So I, I went in and I auditioned for this, and I was acting. It was on camera, and I was acting with this talking parrot, who every time I would deliver a line would would try to rip my nose off my face, um, which made it uh, kind of interesting. But anyway, I did this audition. I thought I stunk up the room, but it was like that was hilarious left, forgot about it, you know, told, told my friends about it, everybody had a good laugh. And then lo and behold, like three days later, I get a call from, and it's, isn't it always the way it happens? It's never yes. like the producers. Right. I get a call from wardrobe, and I didn't know it was wardrobe. Oh I get gosh. a call from this random lady <laughs> asking me, hey, what do you own any cargo shorts? And, and I'm like, like uh, I'm, I'm wearing, wearing them now. Right <laughs> <laughs> like, like Jake from State Farm. So good. Khakis, yeah. 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 So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, my God, that's a personal that's question. That's a personal lady. question. Who are you and what why do you, you know? Wearing? But yes, I'm wearing them now. So, <laughs> it, 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 so that that was it. So, um, I learned very quickly that I had booked this. You know, it was of crazy. You did. Uh, and I went to this to this shoot and just made a million mistakes. But it was the most fun I had had in years. Mm -hmm. And and it was it just felt so natural and it felt so great. Yeah. And it was like I had no idea I could do this. 
you know, poorly, but I did, but I did, you know, and apparently people were good enough to get to a job, somewhat satisfied with my performance. I'm a genius. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I, I went home, called, called the, uh, the, the firm I was at which I was working and I gave them my two weeks You notice. did not. I did. I and I said, I, thank you so much, gentlemen, I am going to be an actor now. <laughs> and and everybody laughed and they were like, yeah, we'll keep your seat warm, don't worry. Oh my, oh my God. And, uh, but hey, you're young and foolish and that's what you do. And it, it worked out, so I can't I fault myself it. too much. But that was how it started. I'm not gonna say that it started easily, yeah. but uh, you know, after that is when the, um, when the struggle yeah, the reality starts, of what you know, consider, and yeah. and that's when it uh, when it starts getting difficult. But that was the that was the start of it. Okay, so I love. Do you remember <laughs> that moment when you you're you're calling the firm and you're like, "Thanks, guys, it's been great. <laughs> Thanks for the decade." But I, you hung up the phone, and I mean, what clearly? I mean, your work is. I love your work as a voice actor. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you're fearless. So clearly you have that fearlessness about you. Uh, yeah, I call, I, maybe it's foolishness. It really, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It was, it was, it, it was, I was very fortunate because I was never, you'd think that you'd hang up the phone and go, dear God, what have I done? Yeah. But it wasn't like that. I just, it, it just, it was like, yeah, that's, mm -hmm. you know, that's what I'm going to do. And yeah. again, I look back on it now and I, and I go, how could I, how could I be so reckless? Yeah. You know, I would never do that now necessarily because I know better. But then I also can't fault myself because I wouldn't be here if I hadn't done yeah. that. Yeah. So look, it was a gamble like this industry is. And I think it really is. You got to know when to hold them and when to fold them just across the board yeah. in this industry. Mm -hmm. And it felt right. And there wasn't necessarily a game plan, but it was, hey, this feels right right now. Yeah. It feels like what I should be doing, so I'm gonna give it a shot, and okay. I'm gonna give it my all. And that's what I did. And um, so yeah, that moment was, uh, in the moment it wasn't scary. Now I look back and, mm -hmm. and I, like, I'm, wow, it just blows scary. my mind that but I But isn't that what happens yeah. sometimes as you get older, you, you, you start to feel. Yeah, so. so you the, do, you, you, you don't you know, wanna when lose. When you're younger, you're like, yes! Yes. And then you look and go, wow, I did that? Yeah. <laughs> that was great. But I think it's great to hold on uh, to some of that yeah. leap in the net. Yeah, here yeah. And, it's like they know. say, you know, the, the old adage of uh, you have to, uh, you know, lose, you be, be willing to lose sight of the shore to reach, yeah. you know, new mm -hmm. new lands. And it really is true. So, uh -huh. so what happened after that? So you yeah, get, so, so you get, hold on. So yeah, you, yeah. You, you wear your cargo shorts. <laughs> I'm wearing my cargo shorts. Parents biting your face off. Parents biting my face off. Like, I made it. Uh, this I is it. This is the life. I'm going to quit my job. Yes. I'm going to quit my job. Call them up and say, hey, I quit. This is I'm going to be an actor. They yeah. laugh at you. What made that decision really make, like, wow, I think I made a really good decision. Well, what happened after that? Right after that happened, I had about, I had enough money to maybe survive for about a month or two. Saved up. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a couple of days. Uh, a couple of days, yeah. No, I mean, 30 you know. to 60 days, very good. Uh, yes, See, you're yes. you're a responsible so, man. Exactly. So, um, first thing I did was put every last penny that I could afford to put into, into training. So, you know, on-camera classes, uh, you know, scene study, cold reading, everything I could, I could get my hands on. Yeah. Um, and that uh, was really, anytime I, I, I made any money back, or anytime I, you know, could, uh, could get my hands on any sort of disposable income, that was, that was the first place it went. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I didn't go to parties, I didn't go to clubs, I didn't do anything for probably a year and a half. Mm -hmm. That's all I spent money on, that mm -hmm. and trying to pay rent, which eventually ran out. So right. I did the, you know, kind of the downsizing until I ended up 
homeless. I, I lived out of my car for, for a couple months. Mm. Um, and it was a pretty small car. It was a Mini Cooper, so it was yeah. pretty small. Oh, Mini Cooper, But wow. uh, it was, um, I kind of made a, a promise to myself that I would, I would, uh, I wouldn't leave the entertainment industry. If, if I had to get a day job, if I had to survive, um, it was going to be in and around the entertainment industry. Just because I figured, look, if, if you're being reckless enough to leave behind a, a good career, uh, you can't flip-flop on this. You gotta yeah. go full mm -hmm. steam. So I would go to sets and I would work as an extra, you know, background actor. I would work as a stand-in. I would work as a body double. I would work as a precision driver, as a assistant, uh, as, a, as a production assistant. Mm -hmm. Anything I can get my hands on to yeah. just to pay for that week's rent, mm -hmm. you know? And it was, uh, it was rough. It was, it, was, it was a good year to year and a half of really kind of struggling to, to to keep a roof over your head or to, yeah. or to, to stay fed. Um, but it was still, despite that, it was still one of the best years, year and a half of my life. Yeah. I mean, I look back yeah. on it you and I was- learned a You lot, were still man. happy. I was yeah. dirt poor yeah. and I was uh, uncomfortable in, in many ways, but I was ecstatic and I was yeah. tremendously happy and yeah. I would go to bed exhausted and be excited to get up the next day and do it all over again, whatever that entailed. As long as it was on a film set or a, you know, yeah. a TV show or whatever, in any capacity, I felt fortunate to be there. Yeah. And that's how I started making connections and, making, and, uh, and uh, starting relationships in this business that ended up helping me later on in, in my career. Yeah. Uh, it's how I you know, got the first audition uh, for, a, for, a, for a union commercial that that I booked that got me my SAG card. Mm. Um, it was um, it was how I started. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's that's how I started on camera. Yeah, you know, kind of struggling through those ranks and then getting into the commercial world. Mm -hmm. I started to realize that the bilingual aspect was a huge mm. asset mm -hmm. because suddenly I'd meet casting directors who would be casting for a commercial, which nowadays most commercials, most national commercials, especially. Uh, are shot twice. They're shot for the general market yeah. and they're shot for the Hispanic market. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so when you get somebody who can do both roles, it saves them a ton of time and money on casting. Mm -hmm. uh, they only have to do one shoot. Uh, literally, you stay in the same mark and you do it once in English, then they, you do it once in Spanish, then they change the mark and they turn the cameras around and you do it again. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have the two actors. You don't have, it's, it's, it just makes everything more streamlined. Yeah. So. Uh, I started noticing that that got me a lot of work in the on-camera commercial world. Uh, it got me a lot of opportunities to, to be in that world. And so... Was all, was all this with an agent, without an agent? At first it was without an agent. Yeah. It was just, like I said, through meeting you know, so-and-so, the first AD on a yeah. TV show was also, also knew a director that was doing a commercial, so she would say, hey, they're having castings for this thing, you should go. Mm -hmm. That's how it started. After sometimes that- sometimes when you're an extra, they upgrade you to, you know. It does happen, yeah. It does happen. Yeah, I was, I don't know that, I was, I was upgraded a few times. I was, mm -hmm. but, but, it, but, you know, you, you shouldn't rely on that. A lot of people right. think that, oh, I'm gonna be right. an extra and then I'm gonna, somebody's gonna discover me and I'll break out. the guest star. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna be the happens. next flow. No, right, exactly. I, I don't think it happens as much as it used to. I remember uh, it, 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 it used to happen. Used to happen. Yeah. You'd say, "Oh yeah, I'm willing to be an extra because there was always Absolutely. for certain kinds of, of products. You're like, oh, there's a good shot." I and a lot get. of people, I gotta tell you, a lot of people really rag on extra work, and they're like, "Oh, it's just so beneath me. It's so terrible." That was never my attitude. I mean, I was an extra on set, even when I was a non-union extra, making minimum wage. Mm -hmm. I was five feet away from a director, you, you know, directing Steve Carell. 
Yeah. I, I would be next to, you know, like five feet away is like Steve Carell doing improv with Anne Hathaway. Yeah. You know, you I worked on Get Smart as an extra yeah, yeah. for yeah. like a month and a half. Yeah, you can learn so much without the pressure. You get to just And I'm sitting here and I'm up. watching this and it's like a master class. Mm -hmm. And not only am I not paying for it, like I got free food and they're paying me a little bit and I I'm got sitting here watching right. <laughs> yeah, right. But if you had to pay for that class. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, just to be, for just sure. that privilege to for be sure. next to that happening. Yeah. So uh, to me, it was always a, a blessing. Any, any, any uh, capacity to be on set was always terrific. So um, that's how it started. That's how I got into on-camera commercials. And then from there, um, I migrated into voiceover, also sort of at first by serendipitous accident. I was doing a, a, an on-camera commercial campaign for Home Depot, uh -huh. and we had done several on-camera spots as kind of a, a spokesman. Um, and. Uh, the producers that were that were uh, producing those spots uh, approached me and said, "Would you like to do our radio ads as our voiceover announcer?" Again, I had never done it, mm -hmm. um, but it sounded like something that I wanted to try. So yes, I yes, said, I do. Yes, 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 I, I do. do absolutely. See. Yeah, so it's that's a good word to know. See, see, see. Claro, that's the first word you should learn in Spanish. By see, the way, is see. See. Claro que sí. All right. So you're now a. Radio announcer for Home Depot. Yes. So, so, so after this commercial camp, this on-camera campaign um, had had been underway for a while, and they approached me and they said, "Would you like to, to do the, the the radio spots for yeah. us too?" I said, "I would certainly like to try." So I I, uh, I started doing those and I went to my first ever voiceover session, and that is the moment I think that I most clearly remember from my career as being the biggest turning point. Mm -hmm ever in my life. Wow. And not just career-wise, but just in general. Because, um, you know, I went into the booth. I'd never done it before. I'd never taken a class before. I'd never trained for voiceover because all my training was on camera. Um, I had the script, and I, uh, I started to, to do the first take. And it was like, you know, the, 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 the ray of light comes down and the, cor you know, the chorus mm. sings. And it was... Uh, it, it, it was an incredible feeling because it, it, in the moment I felt like, oh my gosh, this is you found it. This is what I what yeah. I want to do for the rest of my life. This is it, and everything else had been great up until then, but this was just a revelation. Mm -hmm. And I remember being just just having this this incredible high throughout the whole session, where I should have been terrified because I'd never done it before, and, I'm, and I made. I'm sure many mistakes, and and I listen back to the to that to those spots now, mm -hmm. years later, and I cringe because they <laughs> sound terrible to me. I don't even know how they hired me, but I but but back then it was it just felt natural, and that was it. That was the turning point where I turning point where I left that um, that session, immediately uh, uh, thinking to myself, I gotta take voiceover classes. I gotta, I gotta, classes. I gotta <laughs> take voiceover classes. I gotta, you know, I gotta train for this. I gotta practice. I gotta listen to this, and I got to this on TV, and, and learn everything I can about this. Get myself an agent, um, and this is it. This is what I want to do, mm -hmm. and that was it. That was the start of, of my voiceover career, and for a while, uh, I did both on camera and voiceover, and and then back in 2000, I want to say 2000. Eight-ish. When you were sixteen. When I was yeah. yes, of course. That is, <laughs> when I you was, had your quinceanera. I did. I had, a, I had a nice frilly dress, and <laughs> it was beautiful. I felt pretty. I'm a terrible um, person. Just ignore me. <laughs> 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 that was it, and and uh, and um, yeah, that was a start. Um, and then in, in, in around 2008, I 
I pretty much left the on-camera world to focus specifically on voiceover mm -hmm. just yeah. because it thankfully uh, took off and it became very busy and it, and it yeah. started to uh, take up most of my time and, and I realized that, that doing on-camera gigs, gigs was inefficient uh, financially because it would mm -hmm. take up a whole lot of time that would take time away from doing the voiceover, right. Uh, right. which uh, can be lucrative. So right. Uh, right. I decided to focus on that. Right. So let's go back in time. You're this little boy. You're watching cartoons to help you learn English and be the spokesperson for your family. <laughs> you book the gig years and years later working with the magnificent Frank Welker yes. on Scooby-Doo. Yes. What was that like for you? That's walking into that room. That has been my favorite. I mean, it makes me teary just oh, to like think about it for you. That's that's been my favorite career moment to date. Really? Um, like I said, you know, like as you know, I learned English watching cartoons mm -hmm. as a little kid. And back then, my favorite cartoon was Scooby Doo, the original. Mm -hmm. uh, and obviously, watching Scooby Doo as a little boy, your role model is Fred. Yeah. You know, he's the cool guy and the leader, kind of. And the, mm -hmm. and so I would watch Fred, and, and I would listen to his mannerisms and how he spoke, and, and I would imitate him, and I would, you know, kind of imitate him at school. And he was my, he was my, my hero, you know, and this mm -hmm. was my favorite cartoon, and I'd run home from school and, and, and watch it. Uh, and I grew up with it, and it was just a, a huge part of my life. So cut to 30 years later, and, I'm, and I've booked this uh, kind of uh, recurring arc on the new Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated. Um, and I get to my first session, I sit down at the mic, and it's already feeling pretty surreal. It's like, wow, this is the show that I mm. grew up on. And of course, who walks in but Frank Welker? Wow. You know, the amazing Frank Welker. Did who, you freak out? Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I see him and it's just like... And here he is in his, you know, 60s and still voicing Fred, mm. and he sounds exactly the I same. Know, and yeah. he's amazing. And he sits down and kind of settles in on the mic next to me, and I'm just sort of, you know, trembling, and I just can't believe I'm there. And we get to talking, you know, and hi, how are you? And, and, and uh, just the nicest man in the world. And, and of course, he, he asks about, uh, you know, who I am, and, we're, and, and we start to talk about my origins and the fact that I'm from Mexico City and the fact that I'm an immigrant and the fact that, because I was voicing kind of a Hispanic character. So, of course, he turns to me and asks me, oh, well, well, how did you learn to speak English so well? Oh, gosh. And I just, I just smiled and I said, actually, Frank, you taught me. Oh, my God. And it was just, it was one of those moments he where... He must have loved that. Yeah, and yeah. it was just, it was such a great moment because it, it was like, it's one of those moments where you feel like you're in exactly the right place. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, everything, yeah, yeah. Comes, everything around comes around full around. circle. Yeah. To that little... To that yeah. moment in your life and you just suddenly you go, <laughs> it like reverts back to, to you as like a six-year-old yeah. watching this cartoon and suddenly it's like, wow. Yeah. I'm I'm home, right? you know what I mean? Yeah, Talk it's about yeah. planting a seed. Oh right? my gosh, yeah, it was so. And, and I've worked with him several times since, and mm -hmm. I, you know, I'll, I'll yeah. see him and I'll teach him a little Spanish, and it's just, it's a great kind of relationship. And it was a great moment. It was just yeah. one of those things that that I'll remember till the day I die. Yeah, that's really cool, man. Well, that's such a powerful statement on on en the entertainment business and the power it does have to yeah. influence. Tremendous. You know, and I'm sure now work that you're doing is yeah. influencing young children. I hope so. You know, the other day I had, you, uh, I had a, um, I was at a, a convention and and I had a, uh, a Hispanic fan come up to me and, and, and shake my hand and he wanted my autograph and he said, you know what? I really wanted to have an autograph from you because, and this was at a, at a Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja mm -hmm. Turtles 
event. And he said, to my knowledge, he said, you're, you know, he said, I've been a fan. And we're not talking about a little kid. This was a, this was a guy in his, I don't know, tw 20s or 30s, but who had grown up with, with the, the cartoon, the yeah. original mm -hmm. from the 80s and all through mm -hmm. its iterations. And he said, I'm a huge fan. I've been a huge fan of my entire life. And he says, I'm, I'm Latino. And, and he said, to my knowledge, you play the first ever Latino character in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles universe. Mm. And he said, and that's tremendous to me. That's huge to me. Yeah. And, and, and it, it, it dawned on me, it's like, it's powerful. Yeah. It really yeah. is. Because the, the, you know, people have such a, an intimate relationship with, with the, the mm -hmm. things that they admire, that they watch. Mm -hmm. Totally, man. And it was terrific. It, was, it felt so great yeah. to be, to, you know, to, to make yeah. a difference in that, in that regard. So a little bit of what Frank did for me, I yeah. hope I was oh, able to I, do for I have no doubt you, know? you are. Well, I love Fish Face. Oh, thank I you. Love, I, mean, you're, <laughs> I mean, I've known you for a while. You're such a lovely, warm, wonderful, but I love you. You do such good villains, Christian. That's, but see, you know, I think you funny. have to be sweet to play mean I, I and smart to play dumb, yeah. so I think it makes sense, but yeah. it's funny you're because so bad. <laughs> it's funny because I do book a lot of villains. I do book a you lot of, do. and that's just villains. It's always like the really kind of seedy, bad villains. And it's always funny because I'll, you know, I'll, I'll start a new project and I'll, you know, have lunch with my parents or something, and my mom will be like, "What are you working? On? Oh, I'm working on this new show for Nickelodeon or Disney or whatever." And I've got, "Oh yeah, it's it's one of the you know lead roles." Or, "Oh cool, what are you? Are you a prince? Are you a this? Are you?" A... It's like, "No, I'm a villain." And immediately you see her face go, "Oh." <laughs> Oh, but that's good. That's good. No, yeah. that's, I'm proud of you. I'm still proud of yeah. you. you know what I mean? I'm a sweet villain. <laughs> so, what are you gonna do? That's good. You leave yeah. it all in the booth. It's, though. it's and so much fun. You come out like though. you're a prince in real life. Exactly. There you hey, go. Why not? See? Yeah, I, I do play suave villains, so that's okay. So, Christian, you do a lot of promos and commercials. I do. Right. Um, as well as the all mm -hmm. animation villain stuff, of yes. course. Uh, <clears throat> but how do you? What is it when something comes in and it says? non-announcer, mm. real guy, conversational. Yeah. How do you interpret that? Both in 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 in, in Spanish yeah. or in English. And is there a different meaning? There, there there certainly is. As a matter of fact, um, Hispanic media tends to be slightly bigger, bigger. slightly larger than general market. It's changing and uh, and it's evolving uh, certainly. But regardless, I think just because of the fact that we tend to be more animated, yeah. speak with our hands, and, and we, we tend to be a little bit louder, and, and, and uh, I, I think that there is a little bit of that element still in there. So especially when I do um, you know, bilingual campaigns where I'll do, maybe right after one, another, I'll, I'll do the, the English spot, and then right after that I go into the Spanish, I know that it's maybe two notches above mm -hmm. what the English is. Not always, and sometimes the producers will tell you, no, we're gonna match the general market exactly, and that's great. But default is a little bit bigger okay. for Spanish. Mm -hmm. um, again, it's like I said, it's changing, and it depends on each producer. But you, yeah. you have to be aware of that to have that start that starting place. Mm -hmm. where it's like I'm going to start here, and then let me know if you want want to go up or down. Yeah. But so, uh, what's certainly. your starting place for a commercial in English? Of that real conversational guy. I think what that is, and, and uh, you know, it's been it's been talked about a million times, I'm sure. But but conversational, I think, with conversational is a misnomer. It mm -hmm. really is because mm -hmm. a conversation implies reciprocity, and it implies that that not only am I speaking to you, but I'm receiving right. mm -hmm. uh, information from you as well, and, and uh, adjusting and 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 changing the information that I convey back to you. So it's not really conversational. But what it is is, it's approachable. It's friendly. 
it's um, it doesn't sound like you're reading. It doesn't sound like you're reading, and I think the most important word here that I can use is, is it's confident, because and and by confident I mean that the information that you're conveying to the viewer, y you have to believe it. It's believable. Mm -hmm. You have to be you have to believe that it's true, or at the very least you have to get yourself into a place where it comes across as you believing that it's true, and that's where the confidence comes in. It's not about being bombastic or being in your right, face right. or being silly. It's just it's just processing the information to the point where you where you believe what you're saying, mm -hmm. and having the utmost confidence in sharing that information with the viewer. Yeah, that's what I think conversational really means, um, and it varies. You know, commercial conversational is different from promo conversation. I've had promo producers yeah. say this is use the term this is promo conversational. Mm. Promo conversational is different than commercial conversational yep. for the most part. Uh, promo tends to be a little more energetic. It has sure. to cut through, you know, the the, right. the sound it bed. It still and has to have a little entertainment. Exactly, in yeah. exactly. Yeah. A little bit of uh, a little bit of that of that punch. Um, but yeah, that's 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 really what it is. Very cool. Well, that concludes part one with our good friend Christian Lance. We are going to be back next week with part two. Yes, we will. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, you guys. Thanks so much for watching. We really appreciate it. And just remember, you, you always have, have time for a little buzz. Don't just listen to VO Buzz Weekly. Watch the show in stunning HD video at VOBuzzWeekly.com on their YouTube channel or on the app. VO Buzz Weekly is sponsored by Chuck Duran's Demos That Rock. Rock. The voiceover demo producer to the stars is now available to you. Visit DemosThatRock.com and take your voiceover career to the next level. See you next time. And remember, you always have time for a little buzz.